This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. How are we doing? God is good, isn't he? Man, I love worshiping with you guys. It's so much fun. And I wanted to tell you this too. This is kind of uh, not really part of the sermon, but um, they mentioned the communication cards. And I, and I want to encourage you guys to fill those things out um, because I, I really do pray for, for the things that you say, that you put on those cards. And as a matter of fact, um, usually <laughs> if you know me, you know I don't sleep well a lot of times. And so a lot of times I literally keep like a bottle of NyQuil next to my bed. And so when I wake up in the middle of the night, I drink it so I can go back to sleep. <laughs> Probably shouldn't tell you that. Um <laughs> yes, my name is Michael and I'm a NyQuil addict. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyways, oftentimes, well, about once a week, I just wake up and I can't go back to sleep. And so it's like 2.30. It's like it's like on the dot, 2.30, I wake up and I just can't go back to sleep. And so uh, when I do that, oftentimes what I do is I think about the prayer requests that you guys have written down. And so what I do is I pray for you and literally you put me back to sleep. So thank you. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that came out right, but um, but my point is I pray for you. And so um, make sure you utilize those things because if nothing else, you know, you got one person praying for you. And um, I love you and I care for you and I, and I want uh, just want God to bless your life and I, I want him to move in your life. And so just know that. Okay. So we are finishing up uh, our story of Nehemiah. We've come, we've come to the end. And I hope that this has been a great series for you. I hope that you've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed going through it. Um, and really, Nehemiah is going to keep on going, but this is kind of where we're going to get off the train, okay? And so uh, it, it's been cool as we've just watched this story unfold. And, and if it's kind of your first week here, what we've been doing is um, we saw as the nation of Israel was kind of destroyed and 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 beaten down by the Babylonian Empire and the the whole nation is literally picked up and exiled to a different country. And what God told them is he made them a promise that he's going to return them home one day and that he's going to rebuild their city. And the most amazing thing about that is what we learned is that that it actually never happened before in the history of the world that we know of, right? And so God makes them this promise that he's going to perform this miracle that's never happened before. And, uh, and then he does it. And so we've gotten to watch as he returned them home to their city, but it didn't just stop there because now they're home to the city, but now they've got to rebuild their city. And so we've watched and talked about how Nehemiah did that, how God gave him a passion for the rebuilding of his home. He gave him a brokenness for something bigger than himself. And we saw as he counted the cost, we saw as he took huge risks and became a man of bold action in order to overcome um, this huge adversity, right? We watched as adversity struck from the outside, enemies coming against him. We watched as uh, he dealt with adversity from the inside and how he handled with that. And I feel like we've just learned so much from Nehemiah, at least I have, right? And we finally, we asked the question, and really it's been the question throughout this whole thing, is what might God be calling you to rebuild in your life? What might God be giving you a passion about or what God, might God be showing you through hopefully these last four weeks to say, I want to do this in your life. I want to build this in your life. I want to change this in your life. I want to rebuild this in your life or maybe even give you a dream to build something for the very first time. And so I hope that you've been encouraged. I hope that God has maybe stirred something up in you for the first time or maybe reignited something in, in your heart and in your spirit 
Um, and I hope that this isn't the end for you. I hope that this story of Nehemiah is, is a spark for you um, in, a, in a situation in your life, whatever that might be, right? Whatever that might be. And so what I want to do today is kind of a, today's kind of a wrap up. And so I'm not really so much going to preach to you um, as we're just going to kind of talk about maybe the after effects. What are some of the effects that are going to happen after the rebuild's accomplished, right? And, and, and uh, we're going to look at maybe what the celebration looks like when you rebuild. And so we're going to, I only have a couple of verses for you. I know last week we read like a whole chapter and uh, today I only have two verses for you. So I feel like I'm cutting you short a little bit. So go home and read your Bible today. Okay. Um, so we're going to start off in Nehemiah chapter six, verses 15 and 16. And we're going to look at kind of the, the wall rebuilt and go from there. The wall was completed in 52 days on the 25th day of the month. It'll little when all our enemies heard this, all the surrounding nations, this is pretty cool, especially if you've been walking through this and you've seen how uh, how all these people were coming against them, all these nations were coming against them trying to keep the rebuild from happening. He says, when all of our enemies heard this, all the surrounding nations were intimidated, love that, and lost their confidence for they realized that this task had been accomplished by our God. And we know that, right? As you're walking through your own rebuild or whatever this dream is God's putting you, the only way that this can happen is through God, right? He has to be involved. He has to be part of the process. As a matter of fact, I would say he probably needs to be the one that gives you the idea in the first place, right? Because a lot of times what we do is is we start something and then we ask God to bless it later on. He's like, well, that's not my idea. That's not where I've been telling you to go. So don't ask me to bless something that's like he says, well, here, take this step, go where I'm telling you to go, and I'll bless that. I'll anoint that, right? I'll have my favor on that. And so that's what we want to do is we want to follow God's God's path, right? And so the wall is completed they're finished, it says, on the 52nd day. Really, it take, took them about six months to do this from beginning to end. And chapter 7, which is the next chapter here, and I'm not going to read it um, because it's it's really long and it's a lot of names that are hard to say. <laughs> and uh, But what chapter 7 does is really cool because we just learned at the end of chapter 6, the wall is rebuilt. rebuilt. All the nations are, are looking at amazement at Israel. And then in chapter 7, it talks about um, Nehemiah going and they're opening up the gates and then he gets this list of people. He has this list that they kind of kept in the temple and it's a list of every single family that's about to return home because of what they've just done. And it's so cool because you're reading name. Well, really it's family after family after family after family who are now going to get the opportunity to return to a home that was broken, a home that was destroyed, a home that was <laughs> left for nothing because of their bravery, because of their passion, because of their hard work and rebuilding the walls and the safety of this community. And like, I was, I was just reading that this week and I was like, man, that is so stinking cool. The effects of the rebuild, the people returning home. And it made me begin to think about the blessings that come along with the rebuild, kind of the after effect, I guess, of the rebuild. And so I began to think about Nehemiah and I was like, I guess I'm just taking you through my process. This is my process. Um, I was thinking about Nehemiah and what he must be seeing or thinking or going through. And, and I was thinking, I was like, man, he must be just feeling really just blessed in this moment as he's reading the names of the people that are returning home because God had put this dream and passion in his heart first, all the way back in the beginning, right? We saw his brokenness for his home. We, we watched as he took the bold step to ask the king of Persia to do it. And here he is as Nehemiah is watching and reading the, the list of the names of the people who are returning home 
And like, if nothing else, he's getting to see them. I know this seems like maybe like a small thing, but imagine him just watching someone return to their home and, and just going in their house again for the first time that's been rebuilt. Seeing as like just the life of dwelling in the city day after day, seeing like vibrant life brought back to the city. And it hasn't brought Nehemiah wealth. It hasn't brought him prosperity, anything like that. But just the effects and the knowledge of the hard work that he's put in, the sacrifices he's made, and being able to just kind of step back and watch this beautiful thing that God's done through his bravery. It made me think about, I have a friend named Charlie Joe. And a couple of you guys know Charlie Joe. Charlie Joe, um, he's, he, well, Charlie Joe's an interesting cat. <laughs> With a name like Charlie Joe. It's actually Charlie Joe Green from Green County in Mississippi. So, a really weird guy. Um, but uh, Charlie Joe is a really interesting guy. He got saved when he was in his 40s. He became a Christian when he was in his 40s. And uh, when he got became a Christian, he just had a passion for missions. And so, he be- ended up becoming a missionary in the country of Belize, which is, he's a guy I lived with. I lived in Belize for about seven or eight months. I lived with him when I was 18. And uh, they call him the uh, crazy gringo because he's crazy and he's a gringo. And uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, but when I was thinking about Nehemiah, it made me think about Charlie Joe because when I lived with him, he does all these crazy things. Where he, well, God gave him a passion for the country of Belize. And so what Charlie Joe does is he helps build schools. He, he built a maternity ward for, for women who had children because like in Belize, like you have the baby and you got to go home immediately. So he built this like place where they could stay for a few days and recover. Um, he built, he finds pastors who, um, are church planners and want to like, you know, build churches. And so he, he doesn't like go and, you know, preach and tell them what to do. He literally, he partners with them and helps them like build churches. And I thought about, when I thought about Nehemiah, it made me think about Charlie. Cause I just imagined like the reward for Charlie isn't necessarily being all up in it, but the reward for him is stepping back and seeing the women having a safe place to have their child. The reward for him is seeing the children playing in a schoolyard that they didn't have before. The reward for him is is watching people worship in a church that he helped build. And I, I thought about us and our rebuild and our challenge and whatever whatever it is that God might be working on your heart and, and challenging you to do through this series. And I wondered, what's the blessing for you going to look like in that as you rebuild, like as you you step back and you see the beauty of it? And it really got me excited for you and for me to think about being able to step back on the hard work and just step back and watch God pour out this, this blessing on you, to see the effects of your hard work, to see um, the effects of you just not giving up and you keeping going. And hopefully one day you being able to step back and see the fruits of it. But I didn't, I didn't just think about Nehemiah and you. I thought about, it, it made me think about the people who are working with Nehemiah, right? Because there's Nehemiah, it was his dream in the first place, like given to him by God and he's working hard and he's sacrificing. But then there's also those people that came along Nehemiah beside him, the Israelites who worked and sacrificed and did everything they could to make this dream become a reality. And again, I thought about Charlie Joe and all the people like me even who got to be involved in the mission work that he's doing and and how it blessed me. Right, and it made me think about all the the missions teams that have gone down and helped build schools and churches, and how it blessed them. And then this, I'm just giving my train of thought. And then it made me think about you again. And maybe God's given you a dream and a passion for a rebuild. Now, and it made me wonder who are the people around you that it's going to bless as you do this. 
your families, right? Your, your friends, your coworkers that are going to be blessed because you're not giving up. Who are going to be blessed because you worked hard. Who are going to be blessed because you made the sacrifice to follow what God's called you to do. And again, it, it just, it just really got me excited. The, the people who are going to be, I don't know, man, it, it made me think about just the people around you that God's going to bless because maybe they're working beside you and they're in it with you. And then the final piece of that, I guess I think in threes, I don't, I don't know. The final piece of that was the collateral damage. It's a weird word. I guess maybe collateral blessing. What with that? Because damage, that's bad, right? The unintended damage. You're like, I don't want that, Mike. But it made me think about the, the collateral blessing that comes along with that. And this one is this one is probably my favorite part of it, honestly. The collateral blessing is the stuff that happens that that we don't even expect to happen or that we don't even see. Like as I thought about Nehemiah, it made me think about the people who are blessed by the rebuilding of the walls and rebuilding of their city that they never even thought of. The people that they never even imagined would be blessed by it, right? Like um, I thought about Nehemiah's children's children's children who are going to get to live in that city and have a safe place to live and have a, a, a place that they can worship God. Like there's a temple that's protected by the walls that they built that people for centuries and generations are going to get to worship God in because they were brave and bold and built the walls. Like, like people, you know what I'm saying? Like, like stuff they never even would have even thought about was going to happen because of their bravery, right? Like how about this? The collateral blessing in the story of Nehemiah hopefully, is you and me sitting here today talking about the story of Nehemiah. It's an unintended blessing that's coming along with, like, with this story. Like, like I guarantee you, <laughs> when Nehemiah's like, let's, let's rebuild this city, they're not thinking about us at Whitley Road Elementary School some 2,000 years later, you know what I'm saying? And yet the unintended blessing of this is hopefully we're inspired and encouraged and given the courage of our own rebuild, of our own restart, of our own dreams as we look at this story of Nehemiah, as we talk about this story of Nehemiah, maybe God's stirring something up in your heart that could forever change you because of this story. That's pretty cool, don't you think? That's collateral blessing. And what that is, is the power and the might of our God. I mean, like one of my most favorite stories of collateral blessing is, uh, I may have shared this with you guys, but there's nothing you can do about it. I'm going to tell you again. Um, one of my favorite stories of collateral blessing actually is my great great aunt. And uh, let me tell you about my a little bit about my family. Um, the Gerald family. If you did an ancestry.com thing, you know what I'm talking about ancestry deal. If you did one of those things on my family, what you'd find out about the Gerald family is that we're really bad people. <laughs> like if you go back, my 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 ancestors are like not even making this like like train robbers and like um, like. Uh, bank robbers and just like oh, generally like people you wouldn't want to be associated with, okay? Like that's my family, right? Welcome to the river. <laughs> Glad you're here. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, my dad was telling me they were doing like this research and my dad's family is all from Mississippi and uh, they found like these ledgers of like some of my ancestors and next to their name it'd be like Michael Gerald and in the ledger next to the name would be uh, GTT. And they're like, what is this GTT? It was like all these people in my family lineage was like their name and then in the ledger GTT. And they're just like, what does that mean? And so they're doing some research on it and they found out that what happened was 
<laughs> what happened was um, some of my family, when they would get arrested because they're awful people, and so they'd get arrested and they would get released on bail, and then whenever they would have the trial for them to come and, and be in, you know, to get sentenced or whatever, they wouldn't show up. And what had happened was they had gone to Texas. <laughs> and so GTT stood for, we don't know what happened to them. They're just gone to Texas. <laughs> and so if you look at my family history, <sighs> we got some people who have gone to Texas. And guess what? I'm here in Texas. So, yeah, really bad, okay? <laughs> but so the point of me telling you all that is so I have some family that we're not so great. But what happened a few generations back, I have this great, great aunt. And what happened to her was she had an experience with God that changed her life. And so what happened with her is she became a Christian. And then when she became a Christian, her brothers and sisters became a Christian. Her children became Christians. Her children's children became Christians. And because of her influence, because God changed one person's life in my family, literally the trajectory of my family was changed. That's collateral blessing. <laughs> and what's so cool about that, like just to give you... Like literally, it, the trajectory changed. Since she became a Christian, there's been, I think it's 12 or 14 people just in her family tree from her down that have become pastors. That's pretty crazy, right? Like I'm a pastor. My dad's a pastor. My grandfather's a pastor. My great grandparents, both of them, grandfather and grandmother were pastors. That's pretty cool. And I'm not just bragging about my family. My, my point is, although I guess I could, they're <laughs> pretty great. <laughs> um, <laughs> The point is, God changed one person's life in my family, and, and literally the collateral blessing of that was it changed the trajectory of my entire family, and I guarantee you she wasn't thinking about that when she got saved. She wasn't thinking that God was going to have the power, the ability to do that. Like She wasn't thinking that one day, because she became a Christian, her great-great-nephew was going to be taught about the Savior of the world, Jesus, right? the one who changes lives, like the creator of the world because of her. I mean, I mean, she didn't teach, but you, you know what I'm saying? That's the way our God works. Collateral blessing happens in ways that you can never even imagine. And so I'm excited for you, right? Because I'm thinking about the collateral blessing that's going to come along because you stick it out. The collateral blessing that's going to happen because you don't give up. The collateral blessing is going to happen because step by step, you follow God's direction for your life today, tomorrow, the next day, and you don't give up. Who knows what could happen? Who, who knows how your family history might be changed? Who knows how it might affect your kids who you're not even thinking about? And you're like, I don't have kids. Your future kids, your future spouse, how God might change. Like, like we, we, we serve the God of the universe who's weaving and working in ways that we could never even imagine. Our job is to follow step by step. Our, our job is to be faithful today. Whatever he's asking you now, that's your job. Be faithful in that and trust him. Who knows what could happen? And so I get so excited for us and for you when I think about that. I think about the River Church. I think about like us in each of these scenarios. I think about all of us, the dream teamers who, who set up every week and run the sound and the kids and, and are, you know, worse than you. I, I feel like you're the Nehemiahs of this thing and, and that you're getting to see God work and you're getting to see uh, the city live vibrantly, right? I feel like like those of us who've come and become part of the family, we're the Israelites working together. All you guys here today, is, as we're working and dreaming and seeing God work in our church home, right? I'm excited about that. I think about 
hopefully the collateral blessing that's going to come along because the River Church is here meeting in Whitley Road Elementary School. I just hope and I pray that God's going to work in our church and move in ways that we could never even imagine, right? And I'm getting so excited about that. I don't know, man. I'm just pumped. <laughs> I get so excited about what's going to happen if we just stay faithful, if we just keep going, if we just don't give up. And so I want to encourage you today to not give up. I can't wait for the day that you get to celebrate your victory. I can't wait for the day that you get to celebrate like, like these Israelites who are getting to head into a home that they've worked and sacrificed to rebuild. I can't wait for that moment where you, you get to see the final stone laid and you get to look at it and go, man, look at what God's done. Look at how God's moved. Look at how God's changed because we didn't give up, because we kept fighting, because we kept going. And you get to see all the collateral blessing all in ways that God is working that you never even thought of or imagined. And you're like, I, all I did was stay faithful. All I did was keep going. All I did was not give up, right? I'm just so, I, I just get so excited. And ultimately at the end, what we want is for God to be glorified through your life in this situation. I read at the end, like that verse 16, when it says, when all our enemies heard this, all the surrounding nations were intimidated and lost their confidence for they realized that this task had been accomplished by our God. Now, I hope you don't have any enemies who are going to be like intimidated and scared, right? Because God's working your life. Hopefully people see your life, right? But I get excited because as you stay faithful, as you keep going, as you follow God, God's going to be glorified and magnified and worshiped because of your life, because you didn't give up, because you kept going, right? Part of the process of the rebuild, part of the process of what God's doing in your life today is that other people are going to get to see your story. Other people are going to get to see what God's done in your life. And because of your story, because of what you're doing, because of your following faithfully, other people are going to get to see God in a way maybe they've never seen God before. How cool is that? That maybe your story as you're following faithfully will become a testimony of how incredible, how great our God is. And then you'll get to share that with other people. That's pretty amazing, guys. I think about even our story here at Whitley Road and, and like that, like that's, that's why we share the things that God has been doing in our lives. Like we talk about the money situation here at the church. Like I don't share that stuff with you to be like, well, if you're like, what's the money situation? When we moved, made the move to Whitley Road, we realized that we we're going to need to raise about $50,000 or so to get in here, to get all the equipment right. And uh, we had to raise that money in like a month. And I don't know about how deep your pockets are, but mine ain't that deep. <laughs> like I don't even know anybody that has $50,000. <laughs> I don't even know if I know anybody that has $1,000. <laughs> and so I remember seeing that and being like, God, how are we going to do that? Like, I, I have no idea. And the most amazing thing happened in about two weeks, right? We've, in about two weeks, we had all all of the money committed to the church. All of it. Without even having to come to you guys and be like, hey, we need money. Like you didn't even know it was happening. I was just, I was just having a nervous breakdown behind the scenes. <laughs> but God did that, right? Because we were being faithful and following his direction. And, and, and I don't tell you that story to be like, man, Mike has rich friends because I don't. I tell you that story so that you can look at it and go, man, God is awesome. <laughs> God's amazing. Look what God has done. Look at the God that we serve, right? And as you follow faithfully, as you rebuild, as you dream, as you do what God has called you to do, that's going to be your testimony as well. Other people are going to look at your life and you're going to get to go, I don't know, it wasn't me. I mean, I was just being faithful. I was working hard, but God's the one that did it. And God's going to bring blessing on your life and those around you because of it. And I don't necessarily mean like 
you know, health and wealth and prosperity, like you're going to become a millionaire. You know, I hope you do, right? But, but what I mean is because of your life, maybe lives will get changed. Because of your faithfulness, maybe somebody's going to get saved. How cool would that be if that's part of your story and that's part of your testimony because of your faithfulness, God saved a soul. God was able to work in somebody's life. Ah, I love it, man. As you're rebuilding and through this process, I hope that you see God, that you experience God in ways that you never have before. I hope that God grows your faith and your relationship in ways that he never has before. I hope other people see God working and moving in your life like he never has before. As you follow faithfully, as you continue and just don't give up, I want you to see God like you never have. I want you to experience blessing because of your rebuild. I want you to celebrate and experience joy when it's accomplishment accomplished. I want your life to be a testimony of how glorious and how amazing and how wonderful our God is. I want you to make it. I want you to not give up. I want you to, when it gets hard and you want to quit and you say, man, this is too tough. I want you to imagine just for a moment, imagine those thousands of Israelites walking through the city gates of their new home. A home that was destroyed, a home that was forgotten, a home that was thought to be hopeless. But because they didn't give up, because they kept going, because they made the necessary sacrifices, don't forget that, they made the necessary sacrifices. And because we have an all-powerful, amazing God, they got to walk through those city gates and see their home restored. I pray that that will be your story. There's going to be tough days. There's going to be setbacks. But don't give up. Trust the God who is faithful. Trust the God who has brought you to this point. Trust the God who has said, go this way and do what he says. I hope that this series has been a blessing to you. I hope that this series has brought encouragement to you. I hope that this series has brought you to a place where maybe you can take some steps that you wouldn't have taken before. God has given you the passion. God has given you the tools, and now God has given you the opportunity. So let's get to work, River Church, and let's see what maybe God's going to do in your life and in our church. Amen? Father, I love you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for the rebuild, God. Thank you for the way that you work and move in our lives. Thank you for just the story of Nehemiah. God, thank you for collateral blessing, things that happen and ways that you move that we don't even imagine when we just stay faithful. And so, God, I pray that every one of us in this place would be brave enough to stay faithful, that we'd have the courage enough to keep going. And I pray that at the end of the day, we'll see the fruit of our labor, we'll see the fruit of our sacrifices, and we'll see in awe and wonder the might and power of our wonderful God. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.